0: This call is being recorded.
1: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day two in the books here, um, navigated pretty well. Um, for Andrew Berry and everybody who had their concerns about, you know, how a rookie general manager was going to handle his first draft here, uh, I believe he's gone with the approach of letting the draft come to him Um, where the board's established here. We'll get into the players that went here in round two with Pete Smith from SI.com and Brown's Digest. Uh, Pete, this is the one we went through a lot yesterday. And I mean, the amount of beating and berating people were doing, it made Grant Delpit sound like he should probably just retire, um, not even pursue a career in the NFL, uh, finish up the degree from LSU, maybe go on, be a, you know, a PE teacher somewhere in Texas, somewhere in Louisiana. But the amount of bashing Grant Delpit took four. Yes, it was a poor 2019. Yes, there are some flaws to his game, which made him a round two prospect, not a day one round one prospect. Um, I had people throwing out size to me. uh, Grant Delpit, 6'2 and change, 215 and 220. So it's not like size is an option. Uh, There's never a question about the speed like there were with some of these other guys at the safety position. It's not that I did not like Antoine Winfield. Was a big fan there. But if you were able, Pete, To move down from 41 to 44, get yourself one more selection on day three. So you didn't have that huge gap from 115 to 187. So they go ahead and they collect pick 160. You drop down from 41 to 44. You still get, in our eyes, Pete, somebody we thought would probably go round one and maybe deservedly deserved to go round one. But you trade down from 41, 44. You add a safety with the abilities – of Grant Delpit to what you have working in the secondary, it's a straight win. So both
0: trades, the
1: Bronx made, were with teams that want to win now,
0: and it feels like they were able to get maybe a little bit more just by virtue of the fact that these teams are, you know, they they they're going for the Super Bowl. Uh, the Colts. You know that you signed Philip Rivers, you you trade for DeForest Buckner, you just picked Michael Pittman, who's a pretty pro-ready receiver, and you had an opportunity to get, uh, in my view, the best running back in the class in Jonathan Taylor, who just adds a whole new dynamic to that alongside Marlon Mack, taking pressure off Rivers, uh, and you could do that for you know adding for giving up a fifth-round pick. The, the, you know you're you're fine to do that. Meanwhile, after the Browns, and, you know, we talked about this throughout, that, uh, you know, we didn't think they were going to sit at seven picks. We thought they were going to go and try to add more picks. Well, they added a a pick uh, in the fifth round, which is, you know, teams generally don't like sitting there with massive gaps between picks, and they had, you know, the fourth round to the sixth round and just this massive hole and now they've got a pick there that sort of fills it um as for delpit look he is five inches taller than anton woodfield uh, it like that's just difficult to sort of process how much of a difference that is he's got long arms he's really athletic he's got coverability, he can make plays on the ball he can play three spots in this bronze defense. And I think that was a big reason they took him Uh, talking about Joe Woods and his desire to have safeties that can cover and the guys to give him the ability to sort of show different looks and have guys play different roles at the drop of a hat. It's very easy to see a situation where, you know, maybe they move Carl Joseph up into the slot or the box in a situation and put Grant Delpit at strong safety or, Grant Delpit goes to free safety because that's ultimately where he's going to be, or he's a 213-pound you know, slot defender with coverage skills that can come up and, and you know give you a size, uh, speed type player um, that you know has some sort of linebacker qualities, even if uh, he has to get better at tackling, and that's an issue. And it's not because the high ankle sprain, it's not because he had a shoulder issue. That's because he needs to become a better tackler. But in terms of what you get with a guy like Grant Delpit, if he didn't have issues with tackling, we would have been talking about him with the 10th pick. He's that good at so many other things. So that matters. He's an impact player, and he's a guy with a Pro Bowl profile, and he's just, uh, you know, he was my dream target for this. Uh, I believe you jumped on the bandwagon late. Uh, with Delpit <laughs> But uh he just gives a lot to this defense in terms of where they are right now, where they want to be, because Andrew Sandejo is sort of a temporary option. He's not here for the long term. He's thirty two. Nice player uh for what they're getting, even though it was sort of an underwhelming signing just because everybody was so focused on potentially adding uh Anthony uh Harris from from the Vikings, but he was a solid player. So you know, that's the pick that the Browns have made thus far that has me the most excited about what this defense is sort of intending to do. I think they're going to have – they're planning on having a ton of safeties and, and corners on the field as often as they possibly can.
1: Uh, yeah, And we have talked about that. I mean, the way they have painted and addressed this linebacker position, and obviously we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, it just – it never showed a sense of urgency um, as you let Christian Kirksey go to Green Bay, as you let Joe Schubert walk out the door to Jacksonville. Um, There were linebackers to be had in free agency. The way they addressed it just says that they don't feel linebackers going to be a very big or important part of how they're going to defend their opposition. It's going to be done with pass rush. It's going to be done with coverage. It's going to be done with multiple upon multiple defensive backs. I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least one, if not two, another two selected today Um, to say. And it's very similar to Greedy Williams to say you know, October, November, ah, you could get Grant Talbot mid-second round. Yeah, okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, but same case with Greedy Williams was the case here with Grant Talbot. You know, tackling is a concern. Um, for intensive purposes of what you're most likely going to ask Grant Talbot to do, which is going to be 10 yards off the line of scrimmage in between the seams, um, where you're going to get coverage from Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams. And the other thing where I do like Sendeo here is, you know, Andrew Sendeo is taking a ton of work to get to be the player he is right now. So you bring in a rookie safety like Grant Delpit, who, yes, comes from LSU, yes, former five-star prospect, everything, yada, yada, yada. There's still the ins and outs and the nuances of playing in the NFL. You get a guy like Anderson Day who, who can help with this aspect of the game. It's a win all around. And, Pete, for me, Jedrick Wills could grow to be an average left tackle, which is fine. An above-average left tackle. You may get a better return of investment from getting Grant Elpit at 44 than you did from getting Jedrick Wills at 10.
0: Well, theoretically, they both have uh, sort of Pro Bowl profiles, although Jedrick Wills is technically at guard. Um, But you know, they're both really good players. And the other thing I would note with the guys that the Browns have drafted so far is age. Jedrick Wills is 20, uh, and it's hard to underrate how important that is like and i make fun of damon arnett and i'm not done um they (laughs) damon arnett is slightly younger than david njoku i mean that's insane to think about that david njoku is entering the fourth year of his rookie deal you know potentially you know, at a point where he's thinking about a second contract or hoping to get a second contract, whatever, and Damon Arnett's is starting his career. Jedrick Wills is 20. Grant Delpit is 21. Uh, I think turns 22 somewhere in the next few months. Um, that, it's just really, really important that these guys – like Jedrick Wills was great in college football, and he's 20. Like Grant Delpit was – the best player, the best defensive back in the country in 2018, and not even close. I mean, he was phenomenal. And as much as he has tackling issues, he still was second on the team in solo tackles and solo tackle market share at LSU that year. So, you know, for all the issues he has, um, he still put dudes on the ground at a a high rate. Uh, But he was the best DB in the country at 20. I mean, like, this stuff matters. Like uh and obviously this was a thing with, with when Sachi Brown was here and, and that was something they hit on. But I think Jacob Phillips is is like twenty two ish area. Um I don't recall offhand how Jordan Elliott, but I don't think he's any older. Uh I think he's sort of in that range. But yeah, I mean the that stuff matters and I think that, that that's where they want to go. And that's part of the uh Andrew Barry's talking about you know, how the draft to him is sort of an extension of the roster. So they're not concerned about necessarily hitting needs as much as they're just trying to get more talent. Uh, free agency is where they attack their needs. Free agency also happened to be where they really, really hit uh, stopping the run. Whereas the draft, it's about getting guys who either protect the quarterback, for th- or, you know, protect, pr- can play three downs, on offense, offensive linemen obviously do, or can contribute on three downs. On defense, and impact the quarterback if you're a defensive lineman, or uh, impact the passing game if you're a DB. Linebacker, it's going to be on a budget, and 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 we we talked about this I, I, that they were following the Eagles' model. And it, it you know, when when you let Joe Schobert walk out the door and you sign B.J. Goodson for one year, two point four million dollars, it sort of sends a, a pretty big hint of where this thing's going. So, you know, as far as today goes, I'm curious if they want to grab a slot corner. There, there are a bunch of them that are really, really intriguing to me that I think could help this team. I, I you know, that that stands out to me as something that they want to address. Um, receivers still out there. Um, and then the rest, really, at this point, you know, I, I would, I would personally probably like him to get an outside linebacker. It sort of hurt my heart when they, when Davion Taylor went at the end of the third round. Milton, by the way, Jeff, what were you doing during the third round?
1: Jeff was awake, barely with no voice left, um, crashing. Good luck, guys. Here's the deal. Uh, I was wired Thursday night. Didn't get bed till three a.m. Got a wake up call at six a.m. Friday. Um, the way the food stores are working in New Jersey right now, if you want. Meat to actually eat for your meals, you need to be at the food store early. Um, you go at 10 a.m., you're not getting meat, you're getting frozen. Uh, so yeah, um, Jeff may have aged a little bit last evening. Um, we're just so, gonna say that there was thoughts so, of a Friday nap, however, it did not happen.
0: So, a 53 year old man was asleep because if he wasn't asleep, he probably would have taken a little victory dance when the Bronx took Jordan, uh, Jordan Phillips or Jacob Phillips from LSU because uh, that, that certain man was sort of a big fan of his. But alas, he had been asleep for two hours at that point and missed out on all of it.
1: Never, 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 never. Maybe, 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 maybe. Uh, just for reference here, September 20th, Grant Talbot will turn 22 years old. Uh, Jacob Phillips just turned 21 on April Fool's Day. And Jordan Elliott is currently now Uh, Just freshly turned, 22 years old. The thing with Jordan Elliott, you got to remember is um, there was a stint at Texas. So there was the redshirt year. So he, He even though he's considered. He
0: is, I believe he's from Missouri City, Texas. Yes. And he played at Texas and then ended up at Missouri.
1: Yeah. So he did four years of schooling. So, but technically he still comes into this draft as an underclassman, obviously didn't serve his fifth year. We'll get some more with uh, Jordan Elliott here with SI.com's Pete Smith uh now's a great time if you are not to be subscribed to locked on Browns on iTunes if you are not following on Spotify that also would be a great time to go ahead and take care of that now uh five star ratings written reviews all that stuff fantastic assist-, assist the show doesn't cost you a dime so if you can help us out with that please go ahead and take care of all that right now now Pete here again in the Third round here, um, seventy four. Obviously, you had a team like the Saints, and like you said, now look, Saints are done. They don't have any picks as of right now for today. Saints are done. But when you are a team that is in the playoffs year in year out, obviously with the Drew Brees, um, you know, the announcement of this is his final season, uh, they were in it here, uh, you know, in it loaded for bears so to speak. Trade up to seventy four, and this was something that was talked about. Yes, the Browns were looking to trade down as the possibilities were there. They were not just looking down. Uh, looking to trade down for assets within the 2020 draft. You, they wanted to be able to add more to the 2021 draft. So I do believe with the way that is all worked out now, I believe they are up to 10 selections for the 21 draft. Obviously, you got one pick in the Jannard Avery deal. He got one pick in, my God, I can't even remember his name anymore. Um, you know, the Morgan. offensive tackle that didn't work out at center, that didn't work out at guard, Austin sent Corbett. to the Rams. There you go, Austin Corbett, second round pick. So now they are up to ten selections for 2021. So good on both ends here. They're basically they went into this with a plan, and right now the plan is holding true. Pick 88 comes up. Pete Jordan Elliott, defensive tackle, University of Missouri. Like we said, Texas kid, uh, transfer from Texas to Missouri. Um, Tony Grossi, um, guys. Missouri's been in the SEC for quite a while now. They are not in the Big oh, Twelve. No, what did he say? What did he say? Oh, he- the well, when <laughs> when they took Elliott, the Browns' run of drafting SEC players is now over. <laughs> As oh, they go with on. a player from the Big come Twelve.
0: I, like, t- I know, I know, he was he. he, he for the longest time he still thinks Texas A&M is a big 12 school
1: too. So <laughs> he missed the whole memo when I guess those teams went to the uh went to you know. the SEC. So, you know, that's it is what it is at this point and and these guys wonder why they get the harassment. They do. Um so this is how you end up here. But defensive tackle Jordan Elliott here, Pete, we knew there was going to be you know, one more defensive tackle brought into this essentially with all three guys, possibly with their contracts being done. If you look at the framework of Sheldon Richardson's contract, it could necessarily only be a two year deal. So he could be on the outs. I'm not saying it or suggesting it, but the way the paperwork is written, it is an easy out for 2021. Uh, so you go ahead, you bring in Jordan Elliott here. Um, And I said on the preview show yesterday, guys, I said there was going to be a safety taken. I said there was going to be a defensive tackle taken. I said there was going to be a linebacker taken. One name right. um, Obviously got the three positions right. But Jordan Elliott, the numbers don't show it, Pete, but he is somewhat of an active pass rusher. Um, Ran a five flat 40 at 315 pounds. Nice looking athlete here. And you get time to groom him to see how much of a role he can possibly take on for 2021.
0: Right. So, uh, Jordan Elliott, um, you know, one of three Tigers they took yesterday. Um, he is a PFF darling. Uh, PFF's grading loves him, both in terms of his ability to play the run and his ability to play the pass. Uh, if you look at his box scores, you're probably going to be like, wait, what? But Missouri it almost is almost looks it, the, way he's
1: graded by P, the way he's graded by PFF, you would have thought maybe he only paid, played like 20 to 20 snaps a game. Because, no, the box, score, the box score and the numbered production does not match that, no.
0: No, it, it, but some – Olivier so Vernon, of like. is, Well, let's not get nuts. But the thing is, Missouri you know is a program. god-awful football program right now. They're just and, – and this – you know, every year they seem to have a, a pretty good player just go completely unnoticed because nobody's <laughs> watching Missouri football. Uh, and – if you look at his stat sheet, you're going, whoa, what, what's the deal? But Bazuri has been so bad that if you get into things like market share and and those type things, he's actually solid. It's just, you know, the number of, of plays he's making is still way more than the rest of the team because they're just pretty bad. He's not done. He's not a finished product, but he's got good hands. He's quick. He's reasonably athletic. He's got some good building blocks in terms of defending the run. But in in a lot of ways, he's sort of ideal for the Browns because Sheldon Richardson, God bless him, plays like 70% of snaps. He just never wants to come off the field. And in that sense that, you know, Jordan Elliott's going to rotate, but they don't need him to take like a ton of snaps. So they can sort of really focus him on certain things that hopefully it's going to enable him to be successful, but in the same way that safety, you know, they had San Dejo and they have Carl Joseph, like Grant Delpit going to have to earn those reps. And I, I don't think that's lost on anything. Um, Greedy Williams had to earn those reps last year. Jordan Elliott's going to have to earn reps. And, 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 and I think for guys who need to be better finishers like him, I don't think that's, I don't think that is is you know incidental. I think that's part of what they're trying to do is is create a competitive group. They signed Andrew Billings. Uh, they've got Larry Okunjobi. Both those guys are on one year deals. Sheldon Richardson's going to be here a little while. But you know they've got a nice group of four defensive tackles, or so they hope. Um, but when you're looking at this and you're going well, potentially, you know we'll see what happens with Larry Okunjobi. Maybe they they resign him. Uh, maybe they let him walk. Maybe they re-sign Andrew Billings. Maybe they let him walk. But, you know, you don't want to have to go into a situation where you're trying to replace, like, three defensive tackles in one offseason. So this always made sense. You know, getting more pass rushers, getting more athletic 300-pound bodies, always good. Uh, And and particularly getting it from the interior is beneficial. When you're dealing with quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and, and now Joe Burrow, you have Miles Garrett, you have Olivier Vernon who are just super technically sound, uh, in terms of understanding rush lanes and stuff like that. You've got a guy like Adrian Claiborne and if you've got Sheldon Richardson who can, can disrupt the quarterback, if you've got a guy like Jordan Elliott who can disrupt the quarterback, and you know, Larry O'Gunjobi who can rush the quarterback it just sort of eliminates where some of these quarterbacks have to go. And, you know, as all these people were talking about how the bronze needed to go get Isaiah Simmons from Clemson so they could defend Lamar Jackson, part of the the, the bronze were arguably the best team in the NFL at defending Ravens offense last year. And part of it was because they were able to sort of funnel Lamar Jackson to limited running space and sort of control where he could go. And this is sort of another effort in that. And you've got a guy like Joe Burrow, who is getting no offensive line help in this draft for some reason. Uh, And you're going to try to do the same thing with him. You've got Ben Roethlisberger. You want to be able to sort of pressure him from a number of different angles. And Jordan Elliott is a nice developmental prospect who's got a starter profile type deal, which is exactly what you're trying to get, uh, that adds to this group. He's not flashy because most people, again, largely forget that Missouri actually still plays football. Uh, because Gary Pinkle's not there anymore, but he is a nice little <laughs> prospect. Now, does it drive me personally insane that Devin DuVernay went basically the pick right after him to the Baltimore Ravens? Maybe, maybe, uh, and James Lynch, Lynch James Lynch is still on the board, and, and I like him too, but I do think just in a vacuum, Jor- Jordan Elliott is a really solid pick for what the Bronzes are trying to do.
1: Um, if you like comparisons, uh, Landzurlin, um, his comparison for Jordan Elliott was one Larry Ogunjobi, um, yes, athletic, um, you know his pass grade, I mean his pass grade, rush grade from PFF are both north of ninety. Um, only defensive tackle in this class to possess those type of grades here. Um, and he comes in here like you said, Pete, not with with not a lot of pressure. Um, you know you have starters in Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, Andrew Billings. He's going to be that fourth defensive tackle maybe times third this allows you to continue to use the versatility of Sheldon Richardson inside and out which makes him uh obviously you know a, a pretty coveted asset 300 pounds and can play defensive end it's a little rare that guys have the athleticism to do that so you can continue to you know roll on with that motif now Pete obviously I know 74 you had your eyes and we're hoping for Zach Bond. but the thing with Zach Bond and and we talked about this during the combine is once he got to the combine, he lost an inch, lost essentially 15 pounds. <laughs> he didn't test like an elite athlete. So, you know, for me, I always kind of looked at him and maybe he was going to be that smaller sized edge, you know, similar to Jannard Avery. Um, but, you know, then you look at him size-wise, he's going to be a true linebacker. I don't know the athleticism is there. And to expect somebody else to maybe go to true linebacker after being a pass rusher, it was a little difficult, and we'll get to Phillips here, which I'm happy with. But the Vaughn selection, I, I just didn't know how it was going to work out because, look, if you wanted to play him at edge, I would have been okay with that. But there were a lot of things that showed you it probably wasn't going to work out from a size and athleticism standpoint.
0: Um. So Daniel Jeremiah mentioned that there was a medical issue with Vaughn, and that's why he's he also almost 24 too, though. Yeah, that, that's – the bigger thing with Bond is I think ultimately the age is what probably got the Browns off of him. Um, I, I, you know, I, I actually guys who play up on the defensive line and then move back. I actually really like those guys because they're used to having their hands on and guys like Bond, he can do linebacker things. He's great at getting to his drops. His athleticism is outstanding. His speed is, is great for the position. He's really, really smart. Uh, he just does a lot of things that I really, that I really like. And I think he's a great pick for the saints. Uh, again, winning now, that's a win now move, uh, which is fine. So I I think it's, again, I think this is a good deal for both sides, but yeah, I think ultimately bond is older than the Browns were hoping for. And, and, and that's not ideal, but like, the other guy that jumps out at me is a guy who's going to have to move back a level, but I would really, really like him on this team, is Carter Coughlin from Minnesota. Uh, because y- you watch him and Bond play, and they play like linebackers. You just happen to be defensive linemen. And that's to say that they're very good at run and chase. Uh, they read pretty well. They can drop, and they're really athletic getting to their spots and stuff like that. So those things are intriguing to me because you're basically saying – this guy who was you know just had it was him in the offensive tackle now has somebody in front of him potentially to protect him to allow him to fly around and make plays, like those are guys that uh I think are very interesting in that um that context. But the big thing and, you know, I, I mentioned this a lot in this this draft process is as much as I thought the Bronze wanted to get more picks in this draft, uh they I thought they wanted to get more picks in next year's draft and they got a third rounder, which is weirdly the pick I kept trying to give the Browns. And I and I think this is entirely a matter of they Browns want ammo because if they have what they believe is a successful two thousand twenty season, I, I think they're gonna be trying to do something in the lines of making a trade for like Darius Slay. Um that As much as maybe all these people are like, well, Andrew Berry said he's going to be aggressive. I think this is his version of aggressiveness, the way the Eagles do it, where the Browns currently have an extra third, they have an extra fourth, and they have an extra fifth next year. I don't believe they have a seventh. Uh, But when you have these extra picks, you now can sort of make trades without feeling like you're going to punch a huge hole in your draft. But The Bronx could uh, right now are headed to a a neighborhood where they're going to have something like $100 million in cap room next year. Um, And you could uh, could potentially sign a big-time free agent on the open market. I'm not saying Yannick Ngakwe, but I'm thinking Yannick Ngakwe if he wants to just sign his tender uh, or something along those lines. But if there's a pass rusher or there's a corner or there's another safety or something where they're like, we can give up a couple of picks maybe sign him to an extension because we have a ton of cap room, then they can do that sort of Eagles model of adding a big time player, have a massive offseason on the defensive side of the ball when they've already sort of finished their offense and suddenly be in the, in the conversation of being a contender.
1: It's, 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 it's hard not to get excited and to what they've done at this point. And we'll get to the final pick of day two here in a minute here, but you know, smart people develop a plan smart people stick to a plan you don't get tempted because some names may go you know cracking through the surface and you know trent williams well i don't want to play for minnesota well trent williams now it's starting to look like you're a little bit of the problem as much as the washington redskins are Uh, that's a story for another day we'll see how that saga unfolds here um a little bit more coming here on locked on browns jeff lloyd pete smith uh guys if you're not following browns digest on the uh Twitter app. Make sure you take care of that. Uh you know, Pete and his team busting their butts here right now. Um, and obviously everything from Brown's Digest on SI.com. Make sure you're reading, make sure you're following uh Pete and his team putting out a ton, a ton of quality work here as we all get to enjoy some set of sport, some sort of sports normalcy here over the next couple of days. Pick 97. Now, Pete, I remember this, and this was right around during the college playoffs and when everybody started to fall in love with Patrick queen, you know, we've, I I've learned from you as far as, you know, with the market shares here, and you always want to see production went through, sent you the production profile for queen and the two of you know, I don't get it. It was your response. I just don't effing get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, Jacob Phillips, who I liked, and now Jacob Phillips had been doing the dirty work that everybody apparently wanted to give the credit for Patrick queen for his entire career at LSU, his production it met the mark here. The 466, it's not going to wow you at a 40 time. And certainly, why he was a guy who, here, you know, I had somebody brought up the tweet here. I had mentioned him for early day four. He went, uh, Browns were able to get him at 97, which essentially would be day four if you're not counting compensatory picks. So, Jacob Phillips here. But, Pete, for the duration down in Baton Rouge, Jacob Phillips was the more consistent, more productive linebacker. You know, Patrick Queen got hot, and that's how you get. Drafted 28, and trust me, we'll t- sometime tomorrow we're going to get to what the neighbors of the NFC North did here in oof, Baltimore. It's going to be a tough pill to swallow on that one here. But, again, and four from the SEC, another Bayou bangle. Now that brings the total up to at least four or whatever here in an all-SEC draft. Uh, Jacob Phillips, linebacker, LSU. Uh, so, Jacob Phillips –
0: reasonably productive uh linebacker i mean he he hit the mark for that his athleticism is fine uh he's not here to cover things he's here to tackle people and i don't know if i'd really even call him an impact tackler but he's just a guy who just sort of racks up a lot of tackles he's a guy who can help on special teams i don't think that's you know that's lost on this uh i I Um, You know, when the inevitable conversation comes up with, you know, him versus Malik Harrison, I think that's going to be a big reason why Phillips went here as opposed to Malik Harrison is is special teams. I don't think Malik Harrison did basically any of that at Ohio State. Um, But uh, you, you want Phillips to be sort of more assertive in terms of physical strength. Uh, and and beating blocks and and tackling. But he's a guy who just finds his way to the ball, and that's important. And I think that's important for what the Browns want to do. Again, I think they just want to get off the field with their linebackers and put more DBs on the field. And I think Jacob Phillips, along with Sione Takitaki and and B.J. Goodson, uh, and, and they may not be done yet, are guys that sort of allow that to happen. Um, which is exactly what you want. And again, he's younger. Um, I think that, again, I think that matters. Not that Malik Harrison in particular is old. He's actually, he's young too. But uh, I I think that the biggest thing you want if you're, you're taking Jacob Phillips is you're hoping that you can get a little more nasty out of him. Um, And maybe that's in there. I, you know, it's one of those things where I I tend to believe you you sort of are what you are at this point, but again, profile, long-term starter type, that's, you know, that's exactly what you want. I, I you know, I think the Browns look at linebacker as basically a one contract player. Uh, maybe they'll surprise at some point and, and extend somebody, of but I really think they're, they want to be young. In fact, they mentioned how they wanted to be young uh, yesterday. Uh, so uh, Jacob Phillips is a guy who's pretty reliable in terms of making tackles. He doesn't miss very many, even if they're not pretty, uh, he's not blowing guys up, but, uh, it, it sort of hits all those things that that seem to be very very important during the game uh, or d- for this regime. They want guys who are smart. They want guys who are tough. Uh, and and they have taken uh, at least three. I assume four. I don't know enough about Jordan Elliott as far as like a football IQ standpoint. But Phillips is a smart guy. Grant is a smart guy. General Gill seems to be a smart guy. These are things that matter to them. So that seems to be a big part of what they're trying to do here.
1: For me, and it was just the more I watched of LSU, the more I ended up watching, uh, you know, Phillips, Pete. And I know I said to you at at one point or another, I said, "For where I'm probably going to end up, Jacob Phillips, get getting Jacob Phillips, I'll be happier with that return than I will be with where Queen went and some of these linebackers that went in the first round, which was still a little bit of a head scratcher for me, the rise of the linebacker class in this draft here. But for getting Phillips at 97 as opposed to Queen at 28, and look, there is some way of saying, you know, you'll never know here because the way the Browns are addressing the linebacker position and it's not obviously the biggest uh, you know, important of the positional groups here and the way they're addressing it and the way they're going to play in scheme and play teams here. But I'll take Phillips here at 97. Like you said, uh, you know, you know the abilities here for special teams here, um, the intelligence of the player. Um, he has played a ton. I mean, you talking about this guy played 27 football games. Over the last two season, two seasons, you know that going going up to thirty two for the NFL, he's played a lot of football. He's played a lot of good football here. It, it, question will be the amount of time he sees on the field here. You know, obviously we know what Goodson is. Goodson is very similar to Darius Taylor last year. Maybe he'll get some reps. Maybe he won't. And I think their ideal plan would be that they can play the the two second year guys. They can play the rookie predominantly more here. But I, I have zero issues with this selection. And for me, he's he was a guy I wanted in here. Um, before we really knew the fact that they didn't love the linebacker position as a whole as far as what they wanted to do here. But it, it, for me, yet yeah, another win here, and I'm growing excited for what Andrew Barry has done at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, they have a plan. They're not messing around with this. And, and you know, all these people are worried about, you know, what what, what happened with, with Saji Brown, which, again, if you go back, it was still better than John Dorsey. So uh, what what is your overall – thought process. It is let's get better while adding more assets as opposed to let's get better while getting rid of assets. And the Browns have, without necessarily trying to specifically go for needs, ended up with needs. uh, You know, they ended up with the the first four picks are the exact positions we thought they were going to be. So it just sort of happened to work out that way. Uh, um so you know in that sense it's sort of like you know it 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 was chalk but they they added more picks in terms of they got a fifth rounder even though they had to give up the seventh and and a later deal they get a third round pick for next year they get four younger players they get things that they need they're in a really good position to keep adding talent Uh, we'll see if they end up with what we projected to be eight picks in this draft. They're currently slated to be at seven. Uh, But again, nothing this team has done to this point looks random or looks like they're the green Bay Packers or looks like, you know, it's just panic. It all looks incredibly orderly. It looks like, it's going exactly how they want it to be and they're just rolling with it and uh they haven't felt pressured to sort of move up and to go get guys which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. It's just they've they've been able to add assets while letting the draft come to them and which is going to be a theme when we ultimately talk about the Baltimore Ravens uh and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's just that the the teams in this division have, have sort of just let set back and just let this thing come to them.
1: Uh, and and made the most of it. Uh, it's 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 been a good been a good 48 hours here. We'll see how day three closes out here. Pete, 150, 160, 187 is what they are slated for now. Saying, and this is for the that'll never happen crowd in the back because you're all getting a little bit long in the tooth and quite annoying here. Those three picks on the board here, Pete. What positional groups would you most like to see addressed here with the three picks remaining today?
0: Um just looking at what's available and, and where I think the value is, slot corner jumps out at me. Ameek Robbins Robertson would be great. I, I love the way he plays and you know where he started his college career. Uh LSU, so we've got that going for him even though he ended up at Louisiana Tech. Uh, he's just a nasty kid, uh but I I really like uh Josiah Scott for Michigan State in that same mold. There's a bunch of really talented guys. I, I you know, we've talked about it. It's a great receiver class. I'd like to get one of them. You know, if, if everybody just wants to keep sleeping on him and they want to take uh Tyler Johnson, I'm here for it. Like I love what he can do. But the kid I'd keep an eye out for, specifically in terms of talking about all the things we're talking about, I, I believe he's still available is Gabriel Davis from UCF. Uh who, you know, big, fast, strong kid, uh productive. You know he's got a Pro Bowl profile. I think he's on the younger side, but those and I, Tyler Johnson's not old by any stretch either. I think he's still 21. Uh, but uh, and then the other position that I think could could be addressed and 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 is it, look, I'm thrilled about Grant Delpit. Is I wouldn't be surprised at all if they if they double dip at safety. Uh, there's a couple of guys who are sort of hanging out on the board that I think are really interesting. Uh, I don't think Terrell Burgess from Utah got picked. I know the his he teammate did. did. Burgess got taken. He did get picked. All right. Um, There's a couple guys that are interesting to me in that slot role uh, for like a safety position. Kayvon Wallace is interesting. Mm -hmm. Your boy, Antoine Brooks is interesting. Uh, So I wouldn't be surprised if they, they don't come back and, and get another safety. And then the, the position edge rusher, would be interesting. Kenny Willicks is sort of hanging out there. Casey Tuhill is a guy I'm interested in. Uh, so there's some guys from that, but outside linebacker and sort of toolsy role player, uh, stands out to me as a potential real value here. And, and, and I've, and I've been on him, you know, most of the draft season, which be to go ahead and grab, uh, Carter Coughlin from Minnesota. I, I, he's just, Really, really talented, and just offers a lot. So those are some of the positions I think are interesting. Slot corner, wide receiver, uh, another safety, and then maybe an edge rusher, a specialist type player like uh, a Carter Coughlin, sort of that weird role player.
1: Uh, two more names to add to the cornerback. Um, Darnay Holmes at UCLA did play a lot of nickel um production, nice player. Uh Troy Pride Jr. Notre Dame here. So yes, there are quarter cornerback names here. As far as Gabriel Davis, yes, Gabriel Davis, definitely a pup. Uh, left UCF early. Um, look, for Tyler Johnson, it, it, I still want to know. It, and will somebody eventually drop it? What was it, it what it it just feels so much more than, oh, well, you folks are higher on Tyler Johnson than the NFL is. It really feels like there's something more to that there with Tyler Johnson. Um, John Hightower, Boise State, you know, another guy productive. Quintez Cephas, for what you think, uh, you know, you're going to want from a third wide receiver here. You know, the guy that's going to be able to, you know, run the deep routes here, open everything up for everybody. Um, the testing didn't show it. The tape most certainly did for Quintez Cephas. Interesting guy as far as a Gadgety guy. Joe Reed at the University of Virginia, who's just a big, bad-looking dude here. Good route runner, guy who can probably play in a slot. Courtney Davis out of Texas A&M. There's another name, uh, you know, as Pete said, for pass rushers. You know, you're still looking at, um, like Pete said, Kenny Wilkie he's out of Michigan State. Um, you know, Bradley and I from Utah. Look, it's, it's the left and the right here for Bradley and I. He can go forward. Curtis Weaver, still available. Kind of like Alton Robinson, myself out of Syracuse, not a terrible player. Travis Gibson had good production down at Tulsa. Um, Like Pete said, obviously with Carter Coughlin, you know, certainly another name there. Um, The athletic freak from North Dakota State, Derek Tuska, obviously. Um, Safeties, it did – Go quickly, you know, Jordan Filler, another one of those guys that can maybe you know play some box safety for you if you're looking for another guy here. javalon Gidry, really crazy, really fast kid. Could you maybe want to take him and take an opportunity to switch him to a nickelback? Um, certainly a possibility there. I know a lot of people are really high on Gino Stone wasn't a guy I was totally in love, totally in love with, but you know, Kayvon Wallace can probably do anything you're gonna need a defensive back to do. So not necessarily gonna be a safety, could be a hybrid kid with the athleticism that he brings. So they're your early names here for day three, all getting kicked off at noon. Picks 115, picks 160, picks 187 for now.